Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Overeaters Anonymous Special Focus 100 Pounder Meeting. Uh, my name is Rita Q, and today is Wednesday, the 3rd of November 2021. And I am absolutely delighted to welcome Melanie B from Nova Scotia, who is going to share her experience, strength, and hope. And I will hand it over to Melanie now. Take it away, lovey. Thanks, Rita. Hi, my name is Melanie, and I am a compulsive overeater. I have 30 months of abstinence. 154 pounds released, and now maintaining a healthy body weight in the last 11 months. And that is a pure miracle for this compulsive overeater, this 100-pounder. It's funny to be called that, but hey, I've been called worse. But anyways, it, it is a pure miracle because, you know, 12 years ago, I was well over 600 pounds. And I thought that I would never, ever be able to maintain any healthy body weight because I thought that I would be forever fat. I said the three-letter word. I never liked that word because I felt it sting so many times for 57 years. I've been asked to show fake pictures, so I think I better put them up before I keep on yakking and forget about them. Let me see right here. Like I said, I I was born fat. I was 11 pounds, five and a half ounces when I was born. And I always use that as excuse to remain the where I was, an excuse to eat. And even though there was younger days before I was five years old that I looked normal, it didn't take long before when I went to start going to school that I started gaining and gaining and gaining. My first diet was when I was 10 years old and it lasted two weeks and I was back to eating again. I was 197 pounds when I was 10 and it continued. in 2004, you can see I was well almost to 600. It was in 2009 that I was at my largest, and I really don't know. That's why the doctor said that I was well over 600, because of the fact I was never on a scale. I stayed away from doctors, but my husband had taken sick. I wasn't in a good way either. I was on 170 units of insulin, three needles a day high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and I had a massive hernia where my gut was fully outside the abdominal wall due to a surgery that I had had when I was 26 years old, when I was almost 400. And that just got pushed out from overeating and being overweight. So I was not in a good way. The doctor said that if I was to land in the hospital, on the surgery table with a perforated um, perforated bowel, there'd be nothing they could do for me. I'd be dead. Did that stop me eating when they told me that nearly? Nope, I continued eating. But when my husband took sick, he was diagnosed with cancer, diabetes, high blood. He, he didn't go to doctors either. And when he was pronounced with that cancer, diagnosis, I didn't know how I was going to take care of them. Uh, I guess I better, uh, this, this would be where I was starting to lose weight with him is in helping him. So I changed my focus and helped him. I wasn't going to focus on me. 
I just had to do what I had to do and suck it up. Nine months later, he passed away and I struggled in the food. But because he showed me fighting for life, even when he knew that he was going to die, I knew that I had to do something about my health. I went to see the doctor for my hernia repair. And that was February 2011, which you can see that picture of me there. I was 445 then. And he questioned my commitment after losing 200 pounds, which poisoned the hell out of me. But did I show it? No. I couldn't show anyone that I was mad. Anger was something I stuck. I watched it when I was younger and I couldn't be a part of that. So I would eat my anger. But that time I went home angry, studied up on his program and I did a flip. I am an addict. I can transfer from one thing to the other. And the transference was into restriction and into excessive exercise. I lost 200 pounds in nine months. I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. That is the opposite of my overeating and it's miserable. I got down to 206 and it did not make me happy. I was miserable. I was well below what I should have been. I could put my fingers between my rib cage and when I sat on the toilet, it hurt like hell because it was bone on the toilet, no fat at all. Yet in a trigger of an emotional upset when I left the doctor's appointment the last time, I went into a huge binge that just floored me, even me. I could not stop. It was just one thing after another, and I was bawling and roaring, wanting to stop, but I couldn't. No weight loss surgery stopped me. I had to have weight loss surgery. That's what he was going to give me to get me down to 250 to fix my hernia repair. And then I lost the 200. And he said, well, do you still want it? And afraid that he wouldn't give it to me, my uh, hernia repair. I said, yes, but I thought, you know, that'll fix me. It didn't fix me. Nothing fixed this compulsive eating. No diet, no therapist, no programs that I took. Even the psychologist that I've seen in the cognitive behavioral therapy in the whole nine years did not help this compulsive eater. Shortly after that binge, and I know that after that binge, I went down into a deep, deep depression. I had gained 20 pounds in less than three days. And the damnedest thing is, is I never even looked the fact that I had lost well over 400. I looked at that negative and I went down the rabbit hole of not being good enough and I had failed. I had sat at the computer table one day and I was bawling, wanting to end my life. I looked at the insulin bottle and the needle wondering how much do I have to take to end this? But because my son had lost his father only months before, I knew that I had to, I'm gonna stop this. I knew that I had to um, find help. So I went to the doctor, she referred me to mental health and the wait list was 11 months. So it was just an 
it was just one program after another trying to find anything to crawl out of the hole. It helped, but not my compulsive eating. I hid it and I ate. Did I share that with any psychologist or anything that I had? No, I didn't tell them the truth. I wanted to put on that actor that I was okay. Because if he got too close, man, he'd hate me too. And I didn't need to hear it. I didn't want to hear it. I hated myself. The way that I ate, I didn't want to tell anyone. And I'm sure you will know all the stories of how I can remember even when I was 10 years old that I got a, a paper route. First time in making money. Oh boy, I can buy this and this and this and this. And I did. Didn't have a cent left over afterwards to save my soul because I spent it all on the food. But I'd start off before my papers and I'd have bags of chips and this and this and this, piled it in. And here I'd pretend that I and slowly put it in my mouth and munch away so that no one would see me. Well, people seen me, but here I was trying to hide it, just shoving it in all the while while I was delivering papers. Then stop off the store before I'd walk home. Then get home and fry up a bag of French fries before it was time to make supper and eat again. And then it would be eating in the evening. And the funniest thing is, is that I never once thought I fit into an eating disorder. Never once thought of it. Well, there's binge, emotional eating is not an eating disorder. So there's no help for me. And anytime I went to the doctor, they'd say, well, you really need to lose weight. All you need to do is diet and exercise. Well, man, I've tried diets and exercise. And yeah, for a short time that they get some weight off and then bam, it went back on again. So it was just, it was back and forth and back and forth. And I thought, well, yes, weight loss surgery will help. And it didn't either. And as you can see from the pictures, I regained 169 pounds in a very short time. And with having two repairs, because the first one had flew out and broke open, I was told if that ever broke open again, I would be dead. And for the first time in my life, I thought, oh, my God, what am I doing to myself? Here I go again. And what did I do? I went on another diet. I, I'm going to get back on the wagon. And before lunch, it was over with. Then I tried again. Bam, back at it again. And that night when I went to bed and I was reviewing things, because she about four years previous, I landed at an Al-Anon meeting. I thought, well, maybe if I went there. Two years before that, I went to one Al-Anon meeting, which is eight years ago. I ran because when they said they had to give up your alcoholic foods, and then I heard talking about God, I said, oh, man, no, not this. And I said, I should be able to have a little bit. And I ran. I never went back. I didn't stay for six meetings. But then I joined Al-Anon. And I heard an alcoholic talk. I was gravitated towards the alcoholic. And when I heard him talk about the craving of alcohol, I really resonated. I thought, oh, he surrendered to his higher power, those cravings. I could do the same. And they talked about a God box. And 
wow, yeah, I could do that. And I did. And for a very short time, I experienced some abstinence. But I ran away after my fourth step. And so the food came back into play. So when I came to the point of 30 months ago, I knew I needed the 12 steps. It was, I was so fed up. I knew that there was no hope for me. And at that moment in time, that night when I was reviewing everything in my head, because I had heard about the nightly review and I was reviewing things in my head. And it, I, I remembered about the, the doctor's opinion. I thought, oh my God, I have that allergy of craving. I can't stop because I have that allergy of craving. If I was allergic to shellfish, I wouldn't be able to eat that shellfish. I can't eat those foods anymore. That's what's keeping me going. Plus this crazy head of mine. There's no hope for me except for turning my will and my life over to a higher power. And that night I did steps one, two, and three very, very fast because I was desperate. I knew I needed help. The next morning when I woke up, it was like I felt really refreshed. I, I had a plan in motion. I'm going to write down my alcoholic foods. And I need to make a list because if I don't, I'll be saying, well, no, 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 no. Write them down. What am I never going to touch again? Because if I do, I will die. That's how I had to look at it. My alcoholic foods are poison. I cannot touch them. The next thing I had to do was write down my behaviors. What food behaviors did I have that were causing me harm? So I had to write them down. Then I had to choose a plan of eating. And I had read Dignity of Choice. And I thought, well, I really think probably the best for me was three meals a day, no in-between eating and no evening eating because I know I could have a full three-course meal in the evening. And then a part of me said, oh, but you're diabetic. You need snacks. And I thought, huh, I haven't had my blood sugars low in a very long time. There's no chance in hell I'm going to take a low rate now. I'll go to the doctor every three months. And he'll check my blood sugars. And if ever I need a snack or an evening thing, he'll tell me. So that was my game plan. I put my behavioral plan, intermingled it with my food plan. And I put it in its place, put it into action, and turned towards the steps. I was told, you focus on the food, you will lose your program. And I didn't want to lose program. For that first few days, I felt like I was on cloud nine because I didn't have no cravings. It totally blew me away. And I kept thanking my higher power. Thank you. And I, every morning when I'd get up, I'd still pray it, please, because I didn't believe that it would continue. Like, thank you. So with that step one, two, and three, I knew I needed to get my steps done. And I knew I needed to get to a meeting. So I called my friend and I said, will you make it sure I'm going to a meeting Monday night, but just in case I change my mind, will you tell me to get the hell to meeting? So she, she stayed on top of my arse and Monday I went to my first meeting. 
I got the list of names and I called them that week for a sponsor. And it was hard because I hate reaching out to anybody. But I put the names in a teapot and I drew one. And in talking to everybody, one day at a time, I found the sponsor for me. I got dug into my fourth step. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of myself. Someone had mentioned to me a big book study. And I thought, well, I'll see what that has to do with what they say on the step four. And it was really, really revealing to me to do the big book study and do my four step, the big book way. When I seen it all laid out as in my resentments, fears and sex conducts, and then what things were affected by me, and then what was my part in it? Also, what is it that I can do better? And seeing all the four character defects, because there's four character defects in the, in the big book, and it was so much easier for me to divide whatever was my defects into those four groups, to simplify it down the road when I'm doing my 10th step. So when I looked it over after I finished, and it took me about a week and a half to do my fourth step, and that was with the perfectionist in me. So when I seen it laid out, I could see, I said, wow, I can see how when I feel this way, when I'm mad at this person, and I know that it's myself seeking, it's connected to this. I seen the connection with it for myself, and it was really valuable for me because I now know when I feel a certain character defect and an emotion come up in me, it's connected to a character defect. And that alerts me to that I need to clear it away. It was really so valuable and I'm so grateful that I had learned that because now when I'm doing my 10 step, it's easy to recognize and clear things away. But my four step was so revealing in the fact I seen my part in it, which was very humbling because I used to blame everybody. But when I seen my part in it, I thought, oh, there's the humility. And humility is needed in my program because, see, it's ego deflation. My ego is so big. And even though I thought that I never had an ego, I did. I really did. But it needs to be deflated. And step four was the beginning of it. Step five, admit to another person the exact wrongs. I called up my uh, um, sponsor and made an appointment. And I was thinking, oh, well, I'll go out to the, the park or we'll go to a restaurant. We'll go somewhere. I didn't want to bring her to my home. My home was a shambles. It was falling under and I didn't even have a toilet. We were shitting in a bucket. No, no money went to our home. It all went to the food. And it was falling down around me. But she came to my home. And in humility, I said, okay, uh, we have to use the bathroom in a bath. That's okay. It was so amazing that she accepted it as I was. Step five taught me so much. It was freedom to get it off my shoulders and off my heart. But she showed me unconditional love. And it, it was never, I've never felt that before. 
and program people in program show me that there's not it doesn't matter what i do and god shows me that and now i can show it to other people step six and seven about my character defects and giving them over was very quick God was doing all this for me. He could take my character defects. I knew he could. But it's funny, you know, as I proceeded and I had that character defect rear up and I had to do a 10 step, I thought, oh, here I go again. What did I think that they were all going to be gone just like that? No, I've got to work at it. I've got to do my part. So there's another part of the humility that comes out in working the steps there's so much we learn by working the steps there therein lies where the recovery comes from by working the steps i didn't understand what working the steps meant but i did what i needed to do and then i learned because i was willing and i was ready to go to any length step eight and nine making a list of my um amends and then making them. I thought I owed amends to everybody. And when I did my list and I showed my sponsor and she went over it and uh, she said, you don't need this one. No. Ah, there I was. I was so guilty of all the things that I had responsibility for that. Whew, I didn't know I needed to forgive myself. I was still in that guilt and the shame for myself and that was a lift off it, each step taught me something and then making the amends another part and that was freeing when i made the amends i knew that i needed to make the amends because i am a changed person now i need to make things right some were immediate some were uh, wait and see. God, show me when I'm to do that. And some were living amends. And some were written down to dead people. Some were given restitution with people who were dead that I needed to give a donation to. There's always ways to make amends, even if a person is dead. And there's still an amends that I'm waiting to see because it could cause harm but I'm always willing to make it if God shows me when. Step 10 is to continue making that house cleaning job. And that is the most important one in my life today that I have to keep things clear. I'll go back to the food. I am a compulsive overeater. I'm not perfect. And if I'm not daily connected to my higher power and cleaning house, I will go back to the food. I'll go back to the crazies first, mind you. But I will go back to the food because that's who I am. I am a compulsive overeater. Step 11, with the prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God. Prayer is talking. Meditation is listening. I have one mouth, two ears. I need to listen more than I talk. I know that the relationship with my higher power has grown since day one. And it was from leaning into him, relying. If he was to do what I couldn't do, I couldn't do too damn much. 
So I had to lean into him. God, show me. And even the simplest of things, I had to lean on it because that's how I had to train my brain. Because if I don't, I think that I can do it. And then I get back into my ego. And that's a daily thing that I have to do. Rely upon him for everything. I know right now my apartment house is going to be sold the end of next month. I don't know whether I'm going to be kicked out or if I'm going to be given the boot or what. I don't know. I'm not going to worry about it. God has it. I'll take what steps I need to before then. But I focus on today. I can't change tomorrow. I can't change the past. I can't. I don't have control of what's going to happen in the future, etc. I can't control what has happened in the past. The past is in the past. It's gone. But today is all I have. I accept life on life's terms. And man, is it ever cool working the steps. Now, okay, there's also step 12. And that's service. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. Every step I took, leaning in with my higher power, these God moments happen. And wow, it just like it blew my brains. And that relationship got closer. That teaches me. It taught me how to have a relationship with my higher power. But it's taught me how to have a relationship with other people. I didn't know how to have relationships, healthy relationships with others. Five minutes. Thank you. But the steps have taught me. By working the steps daily, and that is seeing the character defects flare up, clearing them away by doing steps basically four through nine, which is 10 steps. Clearing away gives me peace. And no matter what part of my life, for once in my life, I can say I'm happy. For once in myself, I can say, I love myself. No matter what happens, I am okay. I was over in Newfoundland for a month. And my friend, who I had called that day to make me accountable to go to my meeting, she was a compulsive overeater too. I say was because she's dead now. She fought. She said that she wasn't ready. And by the time that she was ready, her body had failed so much that she couldn't do anything about it. Her body was dying. She called me when I was in Newfoundland to say goodbye. That was very hard for me to hear and say goodbye to her. But I'm glad she did. I can feel those emotions now and not want to eat. And that's a miracle. Program has showed me that. Emotions are okay. They're emotions. I'm human. I'm going to feel them. But I don't need to continue and wallow in them. Put them in their place and move forward. Do whatever it takes. Go to any lengths. And that's what I have to do with my program daily. Go to any lengths. This is a way of living. And for this 100-pounder, 
it's possible for everybody. I never thought I could. But you see, it wasn't nothing, anything that I did. My higher power did it. And this program, which is perfect, I'm not perfect, but I have a perfect program. I'm worth the recovery. And so is each and every one of you. And I hope that you choose recovery because you're worth it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melanie. That was just, just beautiful. Thank you.